right. You are listening to Shifty Podcast, episode 54, part two. We have not moved from the seats that we were sitting in two weeks ago. Um, I did. I, I went and peed. Yeah, we went and peed one time, and we are just sitting I here. Took one shower. Sitting here molding. Just one. Um, I the am. pool's clean. I am Patrick. There's Maddie to the right of me. Uh, we also have Timmy. <laughs> Still not at our table. He's on his own little lonely island over there. Uh, and we have our good buddy, Ryan Wash, uh, back with us again. Went to Chicago, came back. I'm um, going to tell us about uh, a bunch of stuff. Um, he he came back from Chicago. He he worked in restaurants again in Charleston, his, his homeland. Um, but then he got out of restaurants. So we're going to talk about, and all of us did, Timmy, uh, maybe on the threshold, he's He's 50. I don't think he's going to be working in, in restaurants when he's 60. So he's probably planning on getting out of it. Um, also, every time that I go into Timmy's restaurant, he tries to sell me it. So <laughs> fucking he's been trying to get out for a while. You can't um, afford me, Pat. That's I know. Good. I can't. <laughs> Just put 10, put 10 grand on the table and fucking take the keys. Um, so you want to yeah. split it? Yeah. Um, so yeah, life after the restaurant biz of people who are listening to this and uh, who are, have been in the thick of it for a while. Um, this is kind of what happens next. Um, but also, Ryan had a very uh, interesting topic, uh, which you kind of alluded to at the end of uh, episode 54, part one, uh, in the realm of restaurant loyalty and guest data. Guest data has more than you think. That's where I thought we were going to go with with the future of restaurants, which I was about to let Ryan do until I cut him off and said, shut up, save for part two. Um, but yeah, so we're going to get into <laughs> two weeks next. later. Here we are. Yeah. Two weeks later, here we are. Uh, you have a full hour plus of time to get into that. And then as a fun little finale, if we have enough time to get to it, uh, secret menus, um, and really what that means. <laughs> and, it, uh, it's, it's secret public It's it's special, not special. It is what it is. Um, some, especially chains have them cause it's the only place that it makes sense, but, uh, we'll kind of get into that. Um, but, um, so for social media stuff, I mean, we are on Instagram, we are on Facebook, obviously follow us there. Give us a, uh, an email or a, a DM email at uh, shifty podcasts. Uh, get that S on yeah. the end. Podcasts <laughs> with the S at the end at gmail.com. If you want to come on, um, we would love to have you. We do Zoom, so we are worldwide, baby. Um, but also, if you have any suggestions, which we have gotten not too many very recently, of like, hey, what should we talk about? We ask our guests what we should talk about but also we kind of run out of ideas and try not to repeat the same one so let us know what you want to hear us talk about or if you want to come on and just spew your spew let's do that too spew your spew another another nugget from old patty yeah there we go <laughs> um patreon I'm gonna, put, I'm gonna put that in the bank there we go patreon three dollars a month um support us so we can keep doing this um, for golden nuggets just yes. like that. And also, at the end of this episode, we're going to let you know about the future of Shifty because we have an important announcement that we want to let you know, and uh, we'll get into it later. Ryan does not know, and he's making a weird face right now, which this is an audio, not a video podcast, so you don't know what it looks like. I will draw a picture and put it on 
Patreon. So you have to subscribe. It looks like a. It looks like a uh, constipated uh, duck. Sorry, <laughs> like a child who just walked up to the ice cream truck. Yes. Happy but unhappy at the same time. Um, so Ryan, uh, when we last left you, our, our faithful hero, um, you moved from Chicago with your girlfriend. Wife. We she married, was wife? Yeah, we actually married before we moved to Charleston. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's right. And then we had a beautiful wedding in her, uh, in her aunt's backyard. It was great. Excellent. I had eight people at my wedding. It was my favorite wedding I've ever been to. Um, but yeah, so you're. I would you're hope so. <laughs> I've had two. Um, so <laughs> we're back in Charleston. Um, you're doing your thing with uh, with Melfi's and Monza and everything, and then um, really, let's just uh, ticker tape all the way to the end. Um, are are you burnt out? I mean, are are you looking for a change? What what flipped the switch and what made you want to get out of actually working in on the restaurant floor? Yeah, um, you know, it, it's great that you brought up you know my wife and the fact that, you know we having a kid and all that. You know, after about it was it was almost two years, and it was getting really tedious, like having a kid. And, you know, not being around him as much as I wanted to or not being as present as I wanted to. And that was really important to me. You don't realize how much you miss. Like, you know you miss stuff. But you don't realize how much you miss. And, and like, I guess we'll get into this with our next subject, too. But uh, you don't realize how much you really miss until you're there. Yeah. And, and that's what it was. And like, and honestly, there wasn't like one like moment that made me like, Oh, this is like, Oh, I missed a first step or anything like that. It was, it, it was just like kind of like a culmination of things. And I just realized that like, you know, like closing restaurant, like I'd wake up at like 11 o'clock in the morning, you know what I mean? And like, and they've been up since like you said, like, like, well, like you said, like, it's not, it's not, it's not one thing. It's, like, yeah. oh, I'm gonna miss you know dinner with the family, extended family on Friday night because I gotta work, and that's cool. I'll catch the next one, and then you don't catch the next one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's the thing is like, and then you you're always catching up, and you're always trying to like make up for lost time, which is that shouldn't be the case in a lot of in a lot of things, especially when when they're when they're so young because they they go so fast, and so. And also at the same time, you know, I was being a general manager at Monza and it, and it was not what I thought it was going to be. Um, and talk about staff retention, it was, really, it was really hard over there because it was on King Street. You know, servers had to park their cars at meters and like had to leave mid-shift to go and put money in and like, are they... They would come back and be like, I, "Like fuck, I have a ticket," and like, and then like their whole night would be to shit because they had to pay for a ticket. Like their whole night of tips went to paying for just coming to work, and you know all these animosity things, and then you you know all that kind of stuff, and it was a, and it was a compilation of just like really intense place and and not being around my family, and I was like, 
I need to figure something out. You've been in it for almost 20 years at this point. Yeah. And, and you know, and, and I think, you, you know. You did a lot of really big things in the jump 20 years, too. Yeah. And that's the thing is, like, I, I, I've never been scared to, like, just make a really big jump. Like, I've never been scared to be, like. Because, like, you know, at the end of the day, like, you know, you can sit here and, like, worry about all these things are going to happen. But, it, like, you know, you have no idea. Well, like you said before, you like, just make a decision. Exactly. You just, <laughs> just make a decision. Make just make a decision. You know, like, because, you know, at the end of the day, like, even if you stay, you know, in the same place for the, your whole life, you're still making decisions that are going to be better good. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of, you know, and, and on that same vein, I was like, I, this is not for me anymore. And luckily enough, knowing Adam and his wife, you know, now wife, Lana, mm-hmm. um, you know, she had already worked for Resi and like, you know, we had a relationship, like I knew her and like, and I was like, you know what, that's, this might be a good transition. Yeah. So you know, I was like, um, um, I and I did kind of like the same thing. I just I left. Um, I actually bartended at Herd Provisions for a little while. Okay. And but but like until until like because like it was a long process of the Resi because pro- they were just getting uh, acquired by American Express. Their hiring process is insane. I mean, they literally like call people like look up your background like i mean i'm talking everything because they're a financial service and they want to make sure that like they're not getting some guy who's <laughs> scamming yeah like a scammer guy you know like i mean they, it was intense and like i was really nervous and i was like oh my god i don't know if you know i mean i had nothing being, to worry being about a, but being a financial service who is hiring people from the rest of the industry could be challenging. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's what Do you have a criminal people, record? People, it's like everybody does. I work in a restaurant. But that's also, it could be a good thing because, you know, if you're if you're hiring the people that are they're still in that kind of lifestyle of the restaurant, probably shouldn't be hiring them in the first place. Yeah, you should, but there's, everyone's got a pass. Like, yeah, oh, for sure. I, and especially trust me, I, I definitely have a checkered past. Um, <laughs> I've done a, a lot of questionable things and, uh, you know, talking about decisions, I've made a lot of dumb, dumb ones. So, so uh, <laughs> coming out of, uh, coming out of literally working on the restaurant yeah. floor, um, it's not like you're like, Hey, uh, I want to change it up. I'm like, what am I best suited for? Like, do I want to get rid of this completely? Obviously you're taking, um, the knowledge with you and like, like who's going to hire me outside of this. I don't want to do this anymore. I want to work a nine to five. Like you're not going to go paint houses. You're not like, no, obviously you're, you have a ton, like decades of knowledge with you and I might as well use that to my advantage. Um, and work in somewhere that still is in the, the, the restaurant vein. Like you're, you didn't go work for a tech company that sells, I don't, I can't even think of anything right now, but like you're working for a, like a restaurant tech company. Yeah. Well, so. I was going to say, that's one thing I, I don't see anyone that's coming out of the restaurant industry going and working an office space job 
like in a cubicle somewhere like you're that's not something you, you're not going to make that transition i mean i'm sure it has happened and oh happen, yeah plenty of them you're not going to go from you know being a being a, a gm of a restaurant to sitting in a cubicle typing on a computer all day yeah there's I, a lot of people that did that and i didn't think i was gonna be that person but you know, Resi was an interesting kind of pop-up of like, oh, this is, you know, you know, staying in the same vein, restaurant adjacent. I was like, oh wow, like, and and the but reason that's still connected to the industry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, restaurant adjacent. Yeah, you're still sitting at a cubicle. Um, yeah, Ryan, do you? Have I a, am. Do you have a college degree? I do not. Um, interesting. So when you. I guess you you mentioned that when you know someone had brought up the idea to resi to you, and, and I guess you had to go and say and pull that trigger and go in and and talk to the powers of be and apply, right? And say, yeah, that, yeah I'm gonna. I'm well, gonna I, I actually was I was looking while before like I'm like I quit. I was like I'm I'm looking around and I saw resi pop up and I was like, okay, I know Lana, I know, right? I have a relationship. And I put my application and immediately messaged Lana. I said, hey, I put my application in. Say something for me. And she said, 100%. Okay, so um, this is what I'm most interested in. Um, so not having a college education, yeah. uh, being in the restaurant business pretty much, I would imagine, since my whole you were life. able to work. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Since you were a teenager. I'm going from dishwasher to GM, yeah. Absolutely, me too. Um, so... Going into a company of that kind of uh, that 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 is an expanse. Um, I would from you know wearing a chef coat or running a kitchen into well while it's not sales, uh, but it is sales. It is very sales driven. It's it yeah. integrated that way. Um, was there any apprehension from from uh, the employer with from an academic standpoint? I guess is what I'm saying. Uh, where it was like, well, you know, you don't have a, as much business experience because, you know, restaurant experience, white chef code experience, um, no matter how long you're doing, it, it can be subjective on a yeah. resume. I mean, running, running, a se- running a successful um, restaurant as a GM or as a chef. But to be able to, tra- yeah, yeah. To, I mean, that's like, that's like, trans- that's like getting like an MBA. Like, I mean, you're right. That's like, I mean, especially like when you're when you're handing like P and L, and you're and you're talking about, I right. mean, you're dealing with so many different things like staff and st- scheduling and sure. P and Ls and like and you know and did Resi get that? Oh yeah. So, or or well, Tim, Tim, are you asking if it, like having a college degree just like in general? No, no. I no, was just curious saying, to like, know how how much they they were interested in in your more like business experience. They're more interested in my business experience within the and within the industry than they ever were about my accolades, or like a degree. Like I, they didn't care about that kind of stuff. They were just like, like they they were they were more interested of like. So can here's you, can you do the job? Yeah, I don't exactly. Care if you have a like degree. you know, restaurants. That's what we're looking for, right? And that's the thing. So like my the fact that I didn't have a degree didn't matter. So okay, like, and that, that's great. And that's what I'm getting at. That, that yeah. was, that's very progressive, I think. 
Yeah, yeah, and you know, and and I thought so too. And, and I and, and funny enough, I didn't, I, I wasn't nervous about that because I knew that like that's what they're looking for. Because at the end of the day, like when you're dealing with technology, you're dealing with people like if people who are like hardcore in technology, they're gonna be. They have no idea what people are. They have no idea. They're just like, they're sure. like code, this, that, right? Um, so they need, like with that, with, with restaurants, you need that gap to be filled. And, and it the it's so perfect for people like me in the sense of like you were successful in restaurants and you understand business along with hospitality that like you can, you can easily transcribe the value to other people. In, in the restaurant sure. industry. So you just, it was a perfect match for yeah, your I skill mean, sets and where you, where you were in at that your time. Career. Yeah. It, it, it was like, a, it, it just, it just felt right. And it was like, it just kind of happened that way. And, um, and, and I, it's so funny. I, I, I'm so humble about it too, because I'm, I'm actually like really, it made me, you know, I was, I was able to enjoy my family like going, like moving over to Resi, and I'm forever thankful of that because I was able to like take something that I loved a lot, and you know, transitioning over was really hard for me, honestly. And we can get more into that too because we kind of like went off because you're talking about degree, but like, well, yeah, the reason why I brought it up is just is just when we talk about you know, um, you know, moving on, it's just a matter of. Uh, from an academic standpoint, uh, with all the, the 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 experience that I could bring, you know, outside of a kitchen, um, does it? Do I look as good in a suit? Is kind of what I'm getting at. And, and am I and am I able to translate that? And without a college degree, are you going to be? That, uh, are you asking? Are you going to be immediately am I fit for corporate world? Are right. you going to be immediately dismissed because you don't have a BA at the bottom of your resume? Is that what you're asking as well? Well, yeah, that's just and, kind of an odd world where it's like, okay, if and I, I don't, if I want to trans, if I want to transform from you know a practical you know thirty eight year career. Um, in a kitchen with all this experience and say, well, I can, you know, I have so much to offer from a, from a, a not, I don't like the word corporate, but from, from a administrative standpoint, yeah. Um, where I can walk in and fix a situation like anywhere, that. anytime, um, I think but that's what's valuable. My meme what I was getting at is like, oh, well, kind of how much, you know, business experience do you have? It's the like, people, hopefully it should be the people who know what they're looking for are the correct people. Because if I was in the position of hiring manager for Resi or for what Tim's eventually going to be shooting for, like... I wouldn't give a fuck if you had a college degree. I'd be like, uh, 38 years <laughs> that, that yeah. trumps everything else. Like so you're out of valuable so, information yeah. For, yeah. <laughs> for a product that's trying to infiltrate an industry. They have no idea how it works or how they yeah. do things. So I think they can a, only guess. I think for a long time and like, especially for like our, our parents, it was like you needed a college degree to do. It could be a college degree in anything 
to just show someone that like, hey, I started something, I finished something, like I have a degree, I can do this. And that I feel like that was true for a long time. And now it's more like, can you get shit done? Yeah. Hey, can you get shit done? And like what you were talking about, Tim, like you may like someone in that position, they may not have a top college degree, but they've run a, they've run a business. They've made money. They've been successful doing that. And like, if you know how to do that, you can run. I mean, that translates to any business. Yeah. I mean, running a business, all running all businesses are all kind of the same. Running a kitchen is very much a business, whether for sure, whether you own the business or not. A hundred percent. So let's get to this. Um, What was the hardest thing about that transition? So the hardest thing about that transition for me, and and honestly, like I have a super unique, you know, kind of story because. When I transitioned, it was January of 2020. <laughs> oh, boy. So I was literally in the office for, you know, three, four months. Yeah. Oh, and I then did. everything went to shit. And I, did, I did two transitions in the middle of that. <laughs> That's a lot. Because that was such an intense time. And it's so funny because, like, you know, I look back and I'm like, I miss those times, but also like they were really intense. Uh, but, um, and you know, I'm also thankful too, because, you know, we were lucky cause I was working, you know, for Resi and they kept us all on and they kept paying us even when we weren't working. And, you know, my wife was actually funny enough working for Malfi. She was doing uh, private events for them. And then they, that blew up. Yeah. <laughs> blew up big time. Um, and so like, so she was, so she got, you know, she was getting paid like double her salary. So that we were just, you know, it was, we were doing okay and it was fine. Um, but you know, we're very lucky in that situation. But, uh, the hardest thing for me in the transition was, you know, not being around people and creating relationships was really hard for me. So I've heard of somebody who was about to get a job at a Le Creuset store after being working at Cake and Chicken for like four years and like being a manager there. And they're just like, yeah, no, everything looks great. You'll probably be a really good fit here. Actually, you, you'll be super bored. So we're actually not going to hire you. And that's why they didn't hire her. And I'm like, that's probably the right move, though. Like, yeah, I food mean, and bed people have their 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 set schema of like, well, like yes, I need t- I need to be working smart and hard and fast. And yeah. like we were talking about earlier, like you need to keep people, especially restaurant people. Restaurant people have like short attention spans sometimes. Well, I mean, I'm like, I'm ADHD you gotta, you gotta big keep, time. You got to keep people engaged. Yeah, uh, yeah, one hundred percent. And you know that's how I was like. You know, I was the manager that like touched tables, talked to customers, helped staff, ran drinks, you know, like I would help clean toilet. I mean, I was like, I would, I was hands on, like if a sink broke, like I was in there and I was fixing it. Like I'm not calling somebody at like midnight to fix some stupid sink. They like, I'm going to figure it out myself. And I'm going to do it. So even if you were paid twice as much to go be an accountant in a cubicle in a basement, you'd 
probably be like, nope. <laughs> no. Yeah, I don't because I, I I just wouldn't be, you know, engaged. Yeah, enough. I just wouldn't be as happy. But like, you but know, you'd be you'd be you'd be unwired. Like you 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 would you'd, you'd yeah. be completely. You'd have all your wires would be hanging out and nowhere, nowhere to go. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, I'm not. There, I mean, it's not enough engagement for I mean, me. You it wouldn't know where to plug anything in. Yeah, and that was really hard for me in that first step. It, the first year and a half was really hard because I was working from home, and I've never done that in my life. And yeah, that was that's nuts. And I was working at a computer, and like that's like super weird for me too. And like not being be able to hands on, and like, and then also like, you know, help coach people and like do things like that. Like, cause like that was like my main thing. Like, I love training and like getting people involved and like learning the trade. And I didn't have that anymore. Do you and, think that, like, in the long run, I mean, when I say in the long run, you know, because you started at that point, um, it kind of put you on an even level with everybody else that allowed you to maybe work your way up through this whole situation with everybody else and to kind of put you in a spot where, like, Man, this guy saw us through this time, and you were while you were still learning while you were doing it. Maybe it, it put you in a spot where it was like it, it allowed it afforded you a little bit more opportunity to gain respect and 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 uh, and learn at the same time. And with it, because everybody else got back was pretty much put at squares, you know, ground zero when that happened. So yeah, um, so yeah, actually. Um, it's kind of like exactly how it went, like in the sense of like, you know, when everything kind of shut down, like, you know, I was hired on as like an SDR, which is, you know, SDR. Sales development representative. Yeah. You know, I, cause I was like, I was just putting right. my toes in the industry. I was just like, just give me in the door. <laughs> that, I didn't care. That title, that acronym coming out of a kitchen would terrify me. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. I mean, I, but the thing is, is <laughs> like, like is again, that? like I, I've, I've made big jumps before. So I was like, fuck it. What, what's the, what's the next big, like, who cares? So like, you know, and I took less pay and like whatever, but I was like, right. I know that if I do this, I'm putting myself in a good position. Like I just, cause like I, cause like I always think of it this way too. Like I'm, I, I like to think of like a resume builder cause you know, do you see from the restaurants I, I gave you, like I always was always thinking like, it's not about like what I necessarily do, but like, it's also about like who I work for. And how can I set myself up for later? Because I don't have an education. Because I always knew that. Like I was always like, absolutely, I don't have an education. So like, I mean, I went. I, I mean, I, like, don't but get me wrong. Like, I went education. two years for music business. I did do that. I did two years, and I didn't get my associates because I didn't. I was like, this is stupid. I was like, I'm. I'm gonna keep. Nobody cares about And I don't. I don't owe any money to them. <laughs> I paid my whole way through, and like everything, but. I was like, why am I keep wasting my dollars? I'm like, I'm just going to do this. And at that moment, you had whatever, two-year-old kid or whatever? At the, well, at the, yeah, yeah, almost. Yeah, almost two years old. And yeah. I was like, I'm so going to do it. Think, thinking about the next step and be like, does the, do I want to see <laughs> like all of his 
I was about to say dance recitals. I don't know if Ronan's doing <laughs> dance recitals. Do you want? Do soccer, I want to yeah, say soccer, 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 soccer games? Which he just, we just, he just finished. He just, yeah. yeah he do, just I, had his, do I want to be around for all that? For his last game, yeah, Matt, know. Matt made a good point too. Like um, from the from the hiring perspective, Matt is hiring now too. Where it's like, uh, is your education uh, a, a degree that you paid for, or is your education? Uh, time spent in an industry that I'm looking for somebody to get out. It's of. both. I mean, that's what I mean. That's what a college education is giving you knowledge. This is knowledge at the end of the day. But so on, what what do you think is more valuable, a college education or the same amount of time, boots on the ground? Well, it depends. Like if if I'm going to a doctor, I um, I hope they go. They went. To school for a long time to understand how the body works. So, would you rather? <laughs> would you rather have a guy that like just went to school and this is his first time operating on you, or a guy that like <laughs> learned coming up? I mean, I guess doctors don't really work like that. <laughs> Matt, but but, but I'm man, a, I've been putting stitches on motherfuckers for years. Yeah, <laughs> I want that guy. I don't know if I want well, that. We're in, a, we're in a huge cultural uh, shift when, it, as far as that's concerned. Personally, as as, though, yeah, I, value, I value of a, of, you know, personally, college I, and university. I can yeah. call myself. I can call myself an amateur gynecologist for real, like. I've, 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 I've seen can some we, shit. Can we say okay? very, very amateur? Yeah. <laughs> no, that's seen some shit is what he's saying. Yeah. Seen some shit. Well, yeah. I mean, you saw. I had a Tinder. of Whenever. your first child. It's, oh, my God. Blood. Blood everywhere. Everywhere. It's not that, um, it's not that bad. Doctor, we'd like to spend a little quality time with our son, please. A little quality time with your son? That'd be beautiful. You people. Uh, here we go. Here's a little tyke. Oh. Okay, that's enough germ. Back oh, wait. Wait, wait, wait a minute. We haven't even seen him yet. Oh, go ahead. Breathe all over him. I don't care. What is this? Some kind of sick practical joke? What are you talking about? He's got your eyes. Take that hideous thing away. Oh, now, come on. They all look like this at first. Uh, you see, when the baby uh, passes through the birth canal, uh, its head uh, gets a little pointy. He should uh, round out in a couple days. Promise. That's not a baby. That's a Mr. Potato Head. Harry, call the hospital administrator. Hey, you're right. This is a Mr. Potato Head. Gosh, they're so lifelike. Yeah, anybody could have made this mistake. I'll be right back with the real Nicholas. So transitioning i'm interested to hear your guys thoughts on this is uh i know at least with chefs that transition out of the kitchen into other roles that are like still around the industry there is there's kind of a, a stigma with that like oh like you know they you know, they they couldn't hack it anymore, so they they went and took this job. Well, and what's they're still attached about what, to the industry? What's or, one of the most like, like you turn you know, your common back. like you go become yeah. a Cisco rep? It's sales. Yeah, yeah. It, but it, they're still attached to industry. But there's as I there's a, it's very prevalent with chefs that do that. Yeah, and I don't know. It's like a clan. Like you can't leave the clan. 
Yeah, but like, there's also like the other chefs, or the people that are still doing. Are like, well, that guy couldn't do it anymore. Like, yeah. And I don't, I don't know. Like, I'm definitely more a back house guy, and you're you've spent more time in the front. Oh, front house, house yeah. And I don't know if that's the same on that side with front house with GMs or uh, AGMs. Um, Do people age out? Is that is that really? I mean, for front yeah, house, it's, it's not. Um, I don't think it's it's clannish, but like, it depends on like if you're at like a say Smith in uh, Chicago. You know they're you know they're very high end. They're you know they're very you know. I, I would feel like if somebody left that place, they would say you turned your back front of house that kind yeah. of thing. But like if you worked at Chili's, you'd be like peace out like who cares yeah. like nobody like you know what i mean but like i think it really d- depends on like the concept and like what the restaurant is about um if you would turn your back or not or if like you leave or but i think but but as in a general question outside of just like individual venues you're 100 percent. you're like you're an outsider now like yeah fuck you <laughs> i mean like you're you're like I mean, you did it, and I that de- that definitely helps me talking yeah. to people. It's like I I earn the respect of the people I'm talking to on the other well, side. There's because no, I, I mean, I've when you get before. into your fifties and sixties, man, there's no there's no pension. There's no yeah. like there's no not in the restaurant you know, industry. No, no way, unless you save money. You know, but you also, don't, you don't have also the people you that don't have like, any of they're, they're not going to take care of you. So what else are you going to do? You better. <sighs> You, I mean, it, it, but when you're in your twenties and thirties as a chef or a I restaurant mean, person, like you're not always looking there. You're looking at the right now and fucking killing it as much as you can because you have that passion. Yeah, and you're not necessarily looking that far all the time. They say every once in a while it pops up and you do want to think about it some, but it's not something that that is but a good. So, but also a point like twenty like. Kind of like ten years ago, like fifteen years ago, like celebrity chef was a big thing, and it put a lot of people in the back of the house. Yeah, it put a lot of people in because they were like, "Oh, I can, hey, do I can, I can do that. I, I can be, be famous. TV. I can do this." I mean, and, and and you saw it, like you saw a ton of people like flood the back of house, thinking they 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 come out of you know whatever chef school, you know Cordon Blue or you know the <laughs> CIA. Next top chef. Yeah, they're like they come into a kitchen. They're like, "I'm gonna fuck shit up. I'm gonna change the whole thing. I'm gonna change the game." And they're like, "You have no idea what it takes to be, be in a kitchen." Cut me yeah. on. And you. Then you're gonna work now, sixty do that. hours a week. <laughs> do that. Half do as this much as you fifty pound bag of it and do it in ten minutes. Exactly. Yeah. We exactly. had we had somebody on this podcast who was like, "I want my my first star before I'm 40. and he was like in his mid twenties. And after the episode is over, Matt came up to me. He's just like, I don't think this kid knows that uh, he's going to probably go through some alcoholic problems and just like <laughs> see some weird shit. Like, I, I don't I the the glamour and the glitz yeah. and everything like sounds great. Some weird but people just, to yeah, like you, get you a star. Like, do you like does a hundred hours a week sound cool to you like you're probably gonna have to do that at least for do that, a little while but can you do it forever yeah, yeah. no that's a young you man's can. game it's a young i mean 
we all die, so we definitely can't do it forever. I mean, I've I've done that. I've worked those hours, and I don't want to do it again. Of course you don't. Who does? I mean, but at the time, it was like it just needs to be done. Yeah, that's what needs to happen. Like in your twenties, I feel like it's like one of those things where you know you're still trying to find identity, and you're like, this is my identity. Like I'm doing this thing, like. I'm a chef. I'm. We a, also worked seventy hours. They went out to the bar till two o'clock in the morning. They went to the after party till four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yeah, and then slept in till yeah, like yeah. ten, and then went woke up, did some stuff, went to work, and did it all again. That's how it went. That's. I mean that 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 was your that was your routine. Yeah, that's what you did. settled in a little bit and you know you got through your your initial i mean COVID had to have been tough getting through that um do you have any regrets about about the about the shift uh yeah i mean especially during the pandemic i actually i felt um like i had abandoned my brethren you know what i mean like right I, I, yeah you know what i mean because like here was the hardest Time and 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 restaurants, yeah. I mean, and and I like I just got out, and I was already kind of like burnt out slash like ready to like what I do raise a family, and then you know I was when I I went to sales SDR and I was doing really well. The pandemic hit, and I was not doing well because I I instantly went in my head. I was working at home. I wasn't. You know, extending and like talking to people and doing and it stuff. Was, it was new and different, but you did yeah, you, did yeah. You get a, did you get to a point where you realized that it was new for everybody too? And it was yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, and and totally I was weird. and I was talking to restaurants. They were like, I can barely keep my lights on 
why the fuck are you calling me? And I was like, <laughs> and they, and that, and that heart and that, like that hit on the nerve of me feeling like I had abandoned the industry that I was in for so long. You know what wow. I mean? Like I felt like I, I, I felt like I did, even though I know that I did not at all. Like it would, I, I made a good choice and I know that, but during that, like that year and a half, like I felt it hard. It was really hard for me because I, I felt like it was hard for me even to go to restaurants like afterwards, like even like wearing masks and stuff like fuck the mask. Like that was hard. But like talking to people in the, I, I felt weird talking to people that I even knew in the restaurants. Like I, like I would go, like I remember like going to Leon's and like talking, you know, to the GM there and like, you know, we had a good relationship, you know, you know, as, as colleagues, when I was working that company and I just felt awkward talking to them because I was like, man, you went through this really hard thing and I have no contacts I, I or didn't, like, like, yeah, like I, I didn't, I felt like I should have been part of it. Like I, I felt like I should have been part of that downfall, oddly enough. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, it's it's really weird that you got out and they had to deal with it. Yeah. But I imagine that you got to a point where it was like, you know, well, let me tell you about what I'm doing and how we can, you know, move on. Yeah. And like, you know, and I got over it like in, the, in that, like I never like put it, like I never, that feeling never came across in my job in a sense. It was more of like an internal thing that I had to deal with. Um, and then, you know, during the pandemic, I, you know, when we weren't working, like <laughs> a lot of the staff in SDR were younger than I was and they were just kind of like bucking around. And I was like putting a shit ton of work in and like updating lists and tiering restaurants and like doing things. Yeah. You're like, I can look things, at a restaurant thing, seeing things from a whole different. Yeah. Angle. I mean, I can look at a restaurant and be like, Oh, that's a tier one. Like I can just look at the website. Like I, I like immediately the pictures, the title, like what they're doing, like, and how they did it. I was like, these are savvy operators. They know what they're doing. That's a tier one. You know what I mean? I'd have to like dig, look for eater reports. Well, and like, you were talking about you versus the younger people. Then, like you spent the one thing you learn how to do in restaurants is be organized. If you're not organized, you don't survive. And that's what, that's what you were doing. Yeah. You were, you were being organized and like, I mean, if you, if like I was talking to this new guy we hired and he was like, Oh yeah, they, I used to, I make lists all the time. I'm like, man, you want to talk about lists? <laughs> Like you want to talk about prep lists, you want to talk about order lists, yeah. you want to talk about side work <laughs> lists, you want to talk about closing lists. Like I like we can talk about lists. Everybody's got a list. Day. Yeah, Ma- Everybody's got a list. I want to I want to hear about what it was like what like when it clicked and you and you you know so, started moving into the in the in the other direction. Yeah. So for me, when it clicked. During that time, I like you know saying that I was you know I was you know busting ass and like doing like this behind the scene works when we weren't really talking to people because we couldn't because everything was shut down. Um, they were like, "Well, you're not doing as well like selling anymore because you can't." Honestly, I felt bad. I just well, it wasn't because I can't. I just felt bad. Like I I just I didn't have like that like that edge of like where can I like find value for these people? Cause I just felt so bad 
but I knew what I was fucking talking about and I, and I was putting in a lot of work. And they're like, well, do you want to go into implementation? And I was like, yeah, just transition me over because I know I'd be more successful on that end knowing now how this technology and this, this realm works. Because it took me about a year to like figure out all the departments, who's doing what. Yeah. You were kind of new to it. Um, I I hadn't even been there that long. I've been there like seven, eight months or something like that. But how did you feel going from being in an office and like interacting with me and everybody else and stuff like that? Like um, after the pandemic hit and uh, we were work from home, like I think a couple months in, I was like, if I knew that this job was going to be work from home, I never would have taken this shit. Like, did you feel that same way? Uh, honestly, that didn't um, if I didn't have a kid, I probably would have felt differently. But the I fact that I had a kid yeah. was amazing. Okay. I was like, oh, cool. I can <laughs> always be around him. Yeah. It's like my dad wasn't really around like later on in my life for, for a while. And that was really important for me. And I was like, so when I had that chance, like, I really kind of like, I was like, this is awesome. Like I can dig into this and like hang out with my kid more and like do that kind of stuff and be more of a family man. It's just weird that you felt guilty about like not being there for restaurants and those who your brethren. And I'm just like, you hit the motherfucking jackpot. Yeah. You get to be at home with oh your kid yeah. all day. Yeah. And like do I all mean, this stuff. That's, you know, and, and I think that's why I've been but, so successful at Resi because I still care about it that much. You know what I mean? I still care about it that much. I was going to say, that's, that's why that was hard because you had that passion. Yeah. And I still do. I still and do. Like, like we were talking about before, like in like finding the, the aces in places, the people that have that passion. Yeah. And you had it. And you were good at it. I mean, you were running a fucking huge place in Orlando. And, like, from all what you've told us, you were killing it. But to run a place like that, like, it takes it takes stuff from you. Yeah, you know, especially, like, a place like that. Because, like, you know, I really cared. And there was a lot of people that didn't. But there was a few that did. Um, and like, those are my saviors. But at the end of the day, like when you have two thirds of a staff who just don't care and they just don't understand like what really hospitality was because Orlando is like Charleston times 25 in the sense of like tourism, like it's insane amount of tourism in Orlando, the turnover, the everything, like nobody cared about. Like, it was so funny, like, when Boathouse first came to Orlando and they wanted to put it, like, instill the Gibson's way, and that's, like, talking about having, like, return customers all the time, they had servers, and they were like, nope, that would never happen. Two years later, we had probably the most guest retention out of any restaurant. Boom! Excellent transition. Return guests. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. No, we kind of queued this up earlier. Um... And there's a million different ways to do it, but I'd, I'd love to hear uh, Timmy and uh, Ryan's uh, thoughts on this of, of guest loyalty. And we'll get into guest data. I mean, guest data is 
interesting well, to a, me. That's a lot of what you do. I mean, data yeah. is right. Yeah, I mean, date. Well, well da- I mean, data before computers back in the '80s when Tim was running restaurants uh, <laughs> was. Uh, yeah, he was on Star Trek. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> was like your 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 servers and your your staff knowing everybody and guest data was in your head. And Correct. everything. It's just like, do you know your do you know your regulars? You can't fire your your yeah. maitre d because they know literally everybody, and that that guest data is gone. Now it's in a computer on the cloud. It is everywhere. You can you can predict next Tuesday's uh, lunch shift because you have all this guest data. Um, but what Ryan was talking about earlier is just like me as a not savvy operator and i do work for resi i wouldn't know what to do with it to be honest i like i i look at it and i i could kind of guesstimate some stuff but like what does it mean for you giving excel sheets and everybody at a restaurant like all this data and like how does that work for them to maximize their covers and efficiency yeah i mean that's a it's a it's you know that's it's a great question it's a broad question but overall, when you're talking about guest data, it's about the information that you receive and how you receive that information in the sense of like, so you have their name, email, phone number. But even deeper than that, once you start like diving into it, there's, you know, where are they making reservations the most? And that's, that would be, you know, in ResiWorld App City. So that so that means like if if they make a reservation somewhere else, they know that like they're here's somebody from you know New York making a reservation in Charleston, right? How so, do you how are you able to tell that? Is it by their? <laughs> I should know this. Um, is it, yeah, well, is, we, is it by their phone number? Like, do, it, do no, you track people? We don't. We don't do that because you know, like for instance, like my phone number is seven seven three. My phone number. Charleston. My phone number is nine seven three, which is exactly New, New Jersey. So you can't go off of that anymore. <laughs> yeah. So what we go off of is how many times do you make multiple reservations in one area? So if you make multiple reservations in one area, therefore that is your app city. So like I can't remember if it's like three or more, sense. four or more, you, or whatever. Or like you, you, you're gonna make more reservations where you live. Yeah, exactly. And like, and that's or where, or where you spend the most time. Exactly. Yeah, and like that's kind of how we compile that. And then, and then there's like you know wait list retention. There's cover counts, there's reservation counts, walk-in counts, like all that stuff. And at the end of the day, like all those things, if you really compile them together, it gives you a really good picture of like, you know, how much do walk-ins spend? How much do VIPs spend? How much do, you know, know, in-house versus online reservations, like how much do they spend? Or... Like you know your your weightless retention of the fact of like okay you're bringing in so like on on average you quote you know like ten to fifteen minutes over your actual seated weightless times right so like if you're doing it correctly exactly <laughs> but that's the thing is so when you have that data that you have better ways to train your staff 
You have better ways to understand. And you have to be using technology to get all this information. Exactly. And and it's a sad thing, but also a great thing at the same time. It's a sad thing is because here's an industry that used to have everything in-house. Reservations, all that. Everything used to be in-house. Like you ne- like and paper. Restaurants back in the day never had to. The only thing they needed outside no, of it was all what they couldn't paper. do That's was awesome. electricity <laughs> and phone. That's it. Well, this goes back to like. Like I, like we were talking about um, in part one about you know the the magnetism of those old school Chicago New York family run businesses where everything was everything is is in a log book everything's done out of a cigar box everything is done like you know and everyone that works there knows who everyone is that's 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 an old it, it, that doesn't really work. All those people are gone. Yeah. It I mean, doesn't work anymore. Yeah. I mean, that's how Gibson's was. Gibson's, like... I romanticize about it, but it's gone. Yeah, and and the, that's the funny thing about Gibson's, and, and I think I came in the right time there because they still had Kathy. And Kathy was literally... Oh, she had Kathy. been there since day one. Like, before day one. Like, she knew those guys from the 70s. I don't know anything about Kathy, but Kathy is the person who would be my detractor. Let's put it that way. And I'd be like, hey, you should get this new technology. And Kathy would be like, we've done it this way for forever. We should never. Oh, yeah. She Kathy doesn't even talk like that. I don't know. Kathy. tell you to go fuck yourself. Yeah. Kathy would tell 100%. me. 100%. I'm selling you an app on an iPad. She'd be like, no. Well, I mean, need- even in 2016, when I was working there, they had open table, like the old school open table where it was slots and you just like, you had the floor plan and you would just like put reservations that nothing was plotted. Nothing was anything. It was just like you had reservations and you put them places. That was it. Like it was just a place to like, like open table used to just be a way of like, it was just like literally taking a written book and extending it outside of your restaurant. And like, you just had to figure it out. So the data that you're getting from all these restaurants, like basically everybody that comes in and like puts their name, phone number, email down, um, how are you basically coaching restaurants in order to let them maximize this most efficiently? Yeah. So I always start off with the foundation of tags and notes um, because that's where you segment your how you know your guest in the sense of like especially with like in resi and and in basically in any reservation system tags and notes mean like you know notes against you know whatever like you know what they preference like what do they want like if they have like john smith has a shellfish allergy or exactly they're coming in for their anniversary that's what tags come in because you can have you can have shellfish allergy tags so that way you lessen the notes of key things in the sense of like VIP or uh, like, you know, top 20 spenders or he, like selfish allergy or, you know, and you can make custom ones. Like you can make whatever tag to like associate what you do as a restaurant to that guest. So that way you can then take those tags and notes 
and then make targeted, you know, marketable insights to hit those people to say, hey, you know, we're doing event where this wine, this wine, like for instance, like if you make it, you like drinking this wine. Yeah. We're having an event coming up where this wine is going to be exactly all about it. You should come check this out. Exactly. That's where I think part one, um, where we left off at like the future of restaurants. And I know you were alluding to this, um, is like chomping at the bit. Yeah. It's basically (laughs) just like, it's top of mind for me. It's what I do. It's like, like I have all this guest data. Like we have, um, all this data on like who our listeners are and where and stuff like that. And like, if we want to make targeted ads, obviously we're going to see where our, our people are that are listening and like where they're not and stuff like that. Like that's where we're going to shop around and like do whatever that we need to do. But like with the restaurants, um, who are they targeting? Like, what do they need to do to maximize? Like, do I just do it based on their notes or is it like first time visitors or like, what is the most, efficient way well well it really depends on like the restaurant needs so for example i i I, i'm in a current conversation with a a 15 unit uh restaurant group and they're and is it all in one region or is it oh they're nationwide they're nationwide toronto they're on you know they're east you know east coast west coast uh, central in, in, in America. So you're not just capturing one area's exactly. Location. So like yeah, and, and and they're growing rapidly, and and they they have marketing in house, they have a data team in house, so they're like you know they're really trying to like they're they're trying to understand themselves at the same time of like what can the technologies that they're buying can offer them. So kind of like a for, baseball team. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's what the, I mean. That's what the kind of money we're dealing with these days. Um, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. So you know, the conversations are really around like capturing first-time diners. How do we retain those people? And like you know, and then also like looking at you know what their preferences are at the time when they dine, like looking at their checks, what they ordered, and then also looking at, you know, what's their app city? When did they actually make a reservation? Like what date did they make a reservation closest to the actual reservation? Like how far out? Yeah, exactly. Like did they make the reservation two weeks out before they actually dined? Was it two days? Was it one day? Was it three months? depending on the booking window that they have open to. But at the same time, like here's all these like really interesting data points that opens up the conversation of like, it really shows trends and habits of what people do. And I think that's what really people like restaurants want to know is because at the end of the day, people need to eat, right? Like they just need to eat. Like it doesn't matter, like because they and they're they're people can cook and do whatever, but like how do we retain people to like come in and like eat at this restaurant all the time? Like if they're either like one time diners, two time diners, like like every like month or like they come in all the time, right? 
Yeah, I'm not going to get a, a push notification on my phone from Kicking Chicken saying like, hey, next Friday we have open availability. It's going to be like, are you hungry now? Order now. Um, versus like places uh, um, or sit down places, celebration spots where who are saying like, hey, uh, planning Mother's Day or whatever holidays coming up or something like that. I mean, I feel like that's the data points that you guys are queuing in on the most. Yeah, I mean, we're just now realizing like how important that data is and we're seeing exactly what we can pull from people and then how we can compile that for people who can really use it. So that was going to be my question. So you you're able to pull all this data. How if you're talking to a restaurant or a restaurant group, how do you explain to them how to use all of that data? So what it comes down to is the conversation, the relationship, and it comes down to like, 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 what are your needs? Like, what are your wants? Like, you have to more ask. More bus and seats. That's what everyone wants. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's everybody wants fucking more bus and <laughs> seats. Like, I mean, fuck. I mean, God damn. Like, everybody wants that. To, but I, like, what? Like, but what does that mean to you in the sense of like? So, what's your brand? Like, what do you do? And like, what kind of information are you grabbing from people when they come in and make reservations? And then also, it's like. Like, again, like coming back to like the big group that I've been talking about, like they're so concerned about like, you know, if John Smith dined at this one location, has he dined here? Has he dined here? Has he dined there? Like jump across, like, is he doing all these things? And like, and at the end of the day, I, I, I think about it. I'm like, well, that's just ridiculous. The fact that like they're trying to like dig into like one person's like, like, it seems a little crazy, right? Like it seems a little dystopian in the sense of like they're trying to like. Maybe are you, if are you they should look at the bigger picture and I, not not just one individual. Yeah, I think it's. I, I think they should like look at trends in the sense of like, but also at the same time, it's really hard because, like, here's the thing: is like restaurants will do like they'll do like Facebook ads and like Google ads and stuff like that, and they're trying to look for like the like the captures like. How do we transition these ads to reservations? Because that's the end of the day. And like, yeah, we don't have, we don't have like those data points. The only thing we can do for you is like, how many times somebody comes visits, what preferences they have, you know, how many times they dine at those locations when they make reservations to like when they actually dine and then their turn times and then you know whatever other things like total those, spend. But, but if you total have spend, yeah, but if you have that profile and you the like you walked into a restaurant in Maine and you walked into the restaurant in Texas and they're like oh hey uh, we saw that you like really like that Cabernet we don't have that here but we have something that's you know very similar that might be right up your alley like I mean that would like that's huge I mean that like there's like remembering people's names is really big, but also remembering the things that they like. Hold on, let me let me spit my 
sales pitch right here. Uh, so, Resi, uh, every person that's ever made a reservation at a Resi restaurant has had to verify their name, phone number, email address. Boom. Um, so if they go to OT your does not do that. Yeah, if they go, <laughs> if they go to your main location and it's the first time that they've ever been there, and they get a fucking cabernet and a dessert or something like that, and your server or whoever is diligent enough and puts in the the notes because it doesn't whatever. Um, but then if they, hold on, no, nodes. Yeah. <laughs> if they if they come to another location, you can share guest data within the group, and basically you could see like, hey, this is the first time they've been to Austin, Texas here, um, but they have been to our main location. Let me see what they got. Ah, so they got dessert. So, hey, server, tell them to uh, sell the dessert. Yeah, sell the dessert. They got it over there. Um, it's like, hey, how did you know I got a dessert uh, twenty one hundred miles away? It's like fucking know everything so how how mm. practical is that how if like, how how well does that translate from you have the data you give it to the restaurant the restaurant uses it effectively and the server actually tries to upsell that is that is almost i'm gonna go with well that's more I of feel like, like that's kind of actual hands almost well, yeah. yeah so yeah exactly so like what you're talking about is more of like how does the front of house staff utilize like those tactics tags and notes to keep the relationship alive on the floor and like yeah. you know oh like yeah 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 you have to train your what staff I'm to talk about do is they, like do they, overall do of like these, brand these, you can't advertising your staff to give a fuck. Yeah. You, do you present this in, this date this data to your servers yeah i oh, mean yeah you can print if, it out and do whatever you want so you if they like facial recognition to no people? like if they see a it shift, is, it does seem like that a little bit is if they like see shift meeting if they see like, a shift report of basically like all right i've got i've got timmer run coming in at seven <laughs> o'clock and then at 9 30 <laughs> i've got matt Connolly. i'm gonna look at his notes and stuff like that i'm gonna prep myself and be like all right matt Connolly. He he loves I will, he I loves the food this, right now. this, this level of analytics makes me want to vomit. So honestly, this I'm this just level tell you analytics, like I mean, honestly, I I I feel the same terrifying. way a little bit. Yeah, it's terrifying. Okay, well, no, it so but here's the I thing. don't like it. But, but here, I will but here, say, on on the, I, on that fear, I better though, start liking it soon. So wait, I'm not my, be doing my, what I'm doing right thing now is, forever. So I better get on board. I get, I get. If you're, it's the real a, deal. A high end restaurant is. or a place where you have a higher price tag, where you have fewer guests coming in, and so you can really tailor that experience to that guest because that's where it you, makes the most sense. Because yeah. you have the time and to like you're trying to get more dollars out of one person, which is what everyone's trying to do. Yeah, but. If you're talking about a restaurant that you know has does you know five six hundred covers you know a thousand covers a night, is that data useful? Only if somebody uses it. You well, can you can make a million prep sheets. You can make a million fucking checklists and stuff like that. They're only useful if people use it. But it, but, but the thing but is, you when you have when you have successful profile. restaurants, yeah, you're right. It's you're how, only, you're only, you're you only helping them be successful. It. Like you're just giving them the data that they're already doing to be successful. You, it, like you, you know what I mean? Like you're just helping them be more like whatever. But like at the end of the day, like if you really think about like what we're doing as far as like like kind of feeling dystopian or whatever, like right. if 
if you think about like what like a restaurant did in like 1972, like I, I go to like my father-in-law, Joe, Joe and Deli. <laughs> I mean, you know, he, he lived in New York in the seventies. I can, and he'd always Joe. talk about the places that like knew his name and they're like, Mr. And Deli, like this and that. And they knew everything about him. They knew what he wanted. And they, and when they sat down, they had a, you know, they had a Jack yeah, and Rock like right said, in front of him. You know box. what I mean? But like at the end of the day, it's like the only thing that we're doing is literally exactly what they were doing back in the day of like knowing a customer to the extent of like where you have that deep relationship because you know everything about them, their preferences, what they do. It's scary. But what it's doing is like literally just taking that concept of, you make know, it nationwide. Yeah, make it nationwide. Because, because here, look at it. Like, look, look at we're doing. I know it's scary because, like, we live in a world of like technology I mean, and stuff. People you know? already Almost, know everything about it's you. It's not guys. like that. Yeah, it's it's not. Not. You got a cell phone. Instagram, they know Facebook. About you. Yeah, we, exactly. But, but I guess my what you're I was not talking, building my relationship. Point, you're, 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 you're building uh, yeah. the facade of relationship. Exactly. Yeah. It, it definitely diminishes. Like that whole aspect of what I was talking about, like of like building what on on something of like you know like that 1970s like steakhouse kind of vibe or whatever you know. But what I'm saying, <laughs> if you if you're doing a thousand covers a night, are you really gonna look at my profile and know that I like Jack on the Rock? But your servers will. But yeah, but, but to your is, point, is that the relationship? That, will be that is that the relationship that. The if, customers if, expect and want. Did they do the customers want that touchy feely seventies vibe relationship and this anymore? This is Probably how we transition. So I will give you I will give you credit for that. It does borderline on stocky, yeah, creepy. Exactly. And dystopian, like you said, but if that's what the actual if that's what the customer wants out of this relationship so i'm creeped out on both sides so our i think this is good our first motto i don't know if you remember it before it is whatever it is uh resi's first motto was uh resi uses uh technology to increase hospitality and that is <laughs> I love it. I don't know if if but, I were to, but coming off of what he said though, like that's a Look, perfect transition. Go. I'm, the, I'm the fucking but fart this, in the room, dude. But I'm this the is a perfect transition into loyalty because if you talk about loyalty, because then it's people who are subscribing into the brand, so therefore it doesn't matter. Whatever data point, because they they subscribe to it. See, the, I'm the, the old people guy that in the room. Want it, I romanticize exactly. that seventies shit. Exactly, and not and that's everybody the future. wants it. Not everybody wants to be fucking but here's hugged the thing. and fucking doted on when they but walk into it, a room. But here's the they thing: we live in a world of consumerism. If I can doted. go into if I can go into yeah. like a program for free, like for instance, um, Blackbird from our our big buddy BL. Who created that whole thing? Yes. Um, so, what they're doing, what they're creating, is like this kind, this world of loyalty brand, where they get these these like these smaller restaurants and stuff to give them the same opportunity 
of bigger restaurants like Let Us Entertain You in Chicago, who have a very robust loyalty program, by the way. It's actually a lot of larger restaurant groups look at theirs and copy them. Model it. Oh, yeah, because be they're super successful. Um, and anyway, so like that's the, and that's, and, and like that's the transition is like, so like now we're getting into like the, like this weird dystopian, like, yeah, I signed up for a reservation to like go in a restaurant, but now all of a sudden <laughs> they have all my information. Right. But we it's have loyalty only- programs. It's like you subscribe to find out about all these different restaurants around the country and you're okay with them having your information because you're because you want to know about well, the this. Restaurant businesses, I think, is almost the last in line when it comes to this. People have been doing this shit for years. I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, who? I mean, honestly, I mean, who knows? They, I mean, we don't have the ball, but like, I mean, it's been going on forever. We we <laughs> yeah. all understand it. I mean, we so, we're talking about restaurants, but we we accept this in other industries and other areas of our lives. On yeah, no, basis. that's what I was about to get into. Yeah. So you're talking about sign up to loyalty programs, and so then you can, uh, if if I sign up to your loyalty program, then you're gonna you'll know what I want that I am interested in and you're going to send me a bunch of emails uh, or, you know, notifications or whatever. I delete 90% of those without looking at them. You delete your emails? I mean, like, I mean, yeah, maybe that's even. (laughs) Yeah, but it's part of the program. Yeah. (laughs) But so I I was curious. I was curious. Again, do you guys have, do you guys uh, know how often, blasting out those things like how how well they work like i, w- I wish i had that information yeah. only because there is it's a, a tough one i mean obviously it does work because everyone does it so you have to subscribe to the I think everybody does it without even realizing it too you have to subscribe to the chicago hit list which is like hey new openings in chicago and like new editorials and stuff like that like I would, I wish that I knew the like the click rate of people who got those click emails it or delete it. and then and then that clicked be, it and then made really it. If, if I were to yeah, find out, delete rate would be really okay. Interesting so to see. yeah, my job is to sell restaurants on the power of Resi, and if the power of Resi is um, the people that get the email will click the email and then make a reservation, if that is at this much percent, I can pitch that and be like, "Yo, look at the <laughs> look what, at how what, many people we can convert what from percentage our percentage." Is that? Do you know? We don't know that. Oh, you don't. Yeah, know. yeah. It's hard because, like, so again, like talking about the like the account that I've been talking about. You know, they they put out like Facebook and like Google ads, right? That's meta stuff. So they can they can. There's got to be some data in there. Well, yeah, but they can quantify like if they click into the ad, but they can't quantify if they actually made a reservation. Fair enough, Maddie. We have put and that's out- sort of what I was talking about, like how yeah. like views versus like. I mean, I delete a yeah. lot of shit that I get without <laughs> even looking at it. Well, because here's the thing: is like honestly, you get so much of it. To be honest, like I, I, we're we're in we're in a part of the world, like we're in the part of time right now where like we're getting bombarded by so much stuff. I don't think we truly understand 
like the power of how much information we have. So we're just kind of like throwing things out there and seeing what sticks. Yeah, I agree with that. We're kind of in, 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 in it's almost like in, in, in Yeah, I mean, that's, right. that's why how, a lot of it is really, like you said, like you just delete stuff. Like, cause like, and, and, and I like, think oh, that's natural. Got in got in yeah. a big analytic like, game, but people I don't are just throwing shit out that. there to see if it works. Calculus working on a no-hitter. Has put nine men on the bases, eight walks, and one hit batsman. With three outs, separate him and a no hitter. Somewhere along the line, I'm sure this is all being recorded so that we can. Uh... Bouncer down to first base. Oliver, brilliant play. Underhand, Ellis, two down. Zero, 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 where it says San Diego. Out of pitch. All right, so there is this place in Chicago, which uh, I might as well name it, Lost Lake. Remember them? Yeah, it was the uh, the the Tiki Spot. Yep, Tiki Spot. Um, also they, a great punk rock <laughs> bar in Denver. Weird. They have since uh, shut down, and there is a new spot opening up in that same exact spot. Um, but the new owners are going to be grabbing that entire data and guest book, um, which leads me to think that there's probably other restaurants out there where it's like turnkey and like, hey, I bought this restaurant. Like, are you buying the data of the the restaurant itself too? What's up? You're pointing at me. Yeah, so who owns that data? Like, so you're saying this new restaurant's open in the same location. Do they get the data from the previous restaurant? If they're the same owners. If they're the same owners? It well it depends. So, um, so, so if I buy a restaurant in a location that the restaurant was previously, can I get the data? Can I buy it? Who, whoever like, gathered it owns the data. So Timmy, let's just say he was on whatever. You have to change concept. Hold on, wait. All right. So Timmy has a restaurant for twelve years. All of his toast data. He gathers it, puts it in an Excel sheet, sits on it for fucking 10 years. I would include it in the sale. Yeah. 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 All right. Oh, would, hold on. Wait. All right. It has, because it has huge value. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Timmy, Timmy works at fucking Wendy's for 10 years and then goes like, hey, by the way, I have all the, all this guest notes and guest data from. You want the numbers from, of all my good dealers, man? From, yeah. You want, you want all my, all my guest data from Southern General from 10 years ago? Like, now here you go. Like you want to open up the same spot? Like you could do that. No, but I have toast, and when I if I sell the restaurant, it will I, I will give everyone that data. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I'm not. I this also brings up a good question of compliance. I yeah. Feel like, so that's what I was. Yeah. Kind of asking, the, like, who, who, like, who owns it and who gets it? So I, the, I already know. Hold on, let me let me cut you off. Um, there are, there are companies that will tell you that they own the data. Um, but what is the real truth is that you get the butt in the door. You get the person in the seat. You get the person to subscribe to whatever email you own the data, whatever, whatever entity you are, whatever the restaurant you are, you own the data. Um, and if I'm buying a restaurant, I don't care who owns it. If I get it. It depends on the so if you buy the concept, technically yes, you can get that data because you're keeping yep. the same 
you're, you're buying keep, all of it. You're you're buying all of it because you're yeah. you're buying in the concept. Like so, therefore, when they originally agreed to well, having arbitrary. a reservation at that yeah, concept, I mean, then yes, they're into it. But if different owners and then they totally new concept, you do not have that guest book. Okay. You can do well, whatever I mean, you want you with it, You can include anything in the sale of a business. Technically, I mean, no. Ryan would know more I feel than... Like that Ryan would know more than any of us. That's a whole other podcast, boys. It's because, like I said, like you probably dealt with the fact that like people had like taken ownership of the same thing and then they kind of flipped the concept. Like there's some fine lines, right? Like yeah. you could take the concept of something, but like I own this concept. And then all of a sudden you're yeah, like, you're, uh, I mean, when it comes to re- you're hey, going to have your own so Resi account. I'm going to change the name of the change. restaurant and I need to do this. Well, like, I'll say this. Technically right. you can kind of get away with that. Look, I'll say this, you know, we can go back to, uh, you know, you know, the, the future of the restaurant business and all this stuff and and what we're all going to do when we get out of the restaurant business. But, you know, for me, uh, as long as I've been in this business, I'm, like I said, I'm the kind of the old, I'm kind of the elder in the room, self-proclaimed. You know, I'm kind of the curmudgeon. Um, if I could work out of a cigar box, I would. Um, if I could not have to use computers, all that. But I know... You know, and and when you know, as far as my database goes, you know, I, I try to remember as many names as I can. Yeah. The people that come in, I have regulars. It's a small place. My staff does an amazing that's, job of it. That's they how I was. They do like, a way that, better that, job that was, of it that's than I do. That's most important. They knew they do so such an amazing job of remembering every face and every name and and their likes and dislikes and even going even deeper into their personal lives and and it amazes me how much time my staff spends yeah. on our Man. customers personal lives so it is what this has is why i fell over the restaurants how you're talking right now as long as we have but i'm just gonna wrap this up and say look for me i'm a i'm you know we talked about you know the nostalgia of you know the the, the 70s and, and in the 80s when everybody knew your name fucking cheers that kind of shit i'm that kind of guy look and not to sound fucking cliche or corny but that's the truth um but i know for a fact that when when I when I move on and I flipped when I flipped the page into the next chapter of my life, um, as much of as what you guys do for a living fucking terrifies me, and I also know how absolutely pinnacle it is for the survival of the restaurant industry. Um, I'm going to be coming to you guys for knowledge and I'm going to be coming to you guys for fucking tips and understanding when I transition into doing whatever it is because it will be restaurant-based and I'm going to need to to kind of get over my curmudgeonness and, and, and learn and more about Timmy, what you guys no, are I think, But I think that is huge that you are willing to adapt. Well, I have to. No, I get it. It's I just, just love uh, what you just said in general because what you said in general is like, the technology right now, like talking about tags and notes and all this kind of stuff, you're literally like, think about the fact that like, it's so hard to retain staff right now. The fact that you can contain that in the cloud 
and extend that hospitality you already do as a restaurant to people that are just coming in and out. In our, own, have that little, in our own cloud. In right? Because I mean, but no, I'm saying like you know, like you have a great staff, and you have like you know, you, and and you you instill that, and that's great, and I love that, and that's and that's how it should be, and that's that's what restaurants are about, right? And that's yeah. what and that's what makes you so successful. Yeah. But at the same time, there's a lot of restaurants out there who can't do that, and they absolutely, don't, you know what I mean. So like the fact that they can keep tags and notes on all their customers, and then extend that to employees who don't care. That's huge because 100%. when you have staff who don't care, you, you, have, you, you have problems of like, you know, you know, the fact that they order this drink all the time or that like they, they prefer this table or they, you know, th- like they prefer to be talked to as this way or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? You could put important. those into the system. So when the, whenever, whoever person you have up front sees that reservation and they go oh they read those notes really quick and they see the tags and they're like they automatically know how to touch that customer at its the most emotional point and that's what that that's what hospitality and restaurant business is all about so like you know we we talk about the fact that like you know all those data points are so important to touch everybody right now because it like we're looking for advertising we're looking for all this stuff but at the end of the day I think the most important part of having all that information is extending the hospitality that every restaurant already has to an ever evolving staff. Like that's, I mean, it's so hard to, to like, especially the host stand. Like the host stand is the hardest place to staff in any part of the restaurant in yeah. my opinion in my opinion and it's arguably the, the most important the position that affects the flow of a restaurant 100 percent, because the first impression is the most important thing on any restaurant right you walk in if somebody's greeting you and and knows you and does a whole thing like especially people who have money who like they need that affirmation, right? Like they need the fact that like you know everything about them the second you walk in the door they because sure that's do. how they live their life, right? You know, and, but like you live that life in restaurants because like you want people to spend money in restaurants. Like you kind of deal with those kind of people. But at the end of the day, like that, I, I think it's so important to like look not of what all the data that we have and like what the future is and the, the loyalty program and like what I, at the end of the day, I think the most important thing to look at about what the future restaurants are and the gas, the guest data is like, how do you extend the hospitality that you already have as an individual how restaurant? You take care of the guest and, 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 and extend that. And, 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 and that's because like it comes down to the mom and pops, like, you know everybody that walks in the door. Like you know them. Like you understand them. Like that's where it really comes down to. Like, yeah, you can capitalize on it. Like because we live in a capitalistic environment, and you can capitalize on whatever the data we have. But at the end of the day, it's like we care about people, and we want to take care of you. And the only way to take care of you is to understand your habits and who you are, and that's knowing somebody and having a relationship with them. Yeah, I, I mean, moving forward, that's absolutely it. And I look forward to being that guy who can 
who can who it, when when it comes time to move on to have resources to learn all of the things that you guys know and move into that you know I'm that guy that's that, that's going to step forward into the future but I but I'm also the guy that that I'm going to have that that little bit of nostalgia that comes along that's with it because I remember what it was like. <laughs> I remember what it's like. The you time guys castle. don't. <laughs> you losers don't. But you know what? Like, but I, I love your point of view because it's like it. Yeah, you, I'm the old curmudgeon that's gonna be. But like, who cares? Yeah, I remember when but, uh, we but had at the same TV time channels. you totally yeah. understand what we're talking about and you totally understand where we're you coming need from. Need some of that. Yeah, yeah. And I need, like, I and need you some give of a really great perspective of, of like. This is how it was. I I, yeah. I, I, I'm, I I love history. I'm a history buff. So like you know, not to like age you or anything. Okay. So any any <laughs> any 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 Stanley Cup team. Uh, all right. Let's bring it back to my roots here. Any Stanley Cup team. Des Moines. Yeah. Des Moines does not. Have, does, Des Moines does not have an NHL team. Any Stanley Cup team has a nice mix of uh, rookies and veterans. Uh, the vet, yeah. yeah. So fucking yeah. to make it four rounds uh, through the whatever fucking quintessential uh, conference round all the way to the Stanley Cup, um, you need people who have been there before. Like if this is your first try, yeah. it's probably not going to work. Um, but if you want completely separate levels of fucking sensibilities. Yeah. Right? If, well, if you want to make it far, you need to have people who have been there before. Um, Timmy is a Andre Pilat or a Patrick Maroon. <laughs> who you, people don't know who the fuck I'm talking about. Doesn't Maybe matter. Means a lot. Pam. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're Patrick Maroon. Patrick Maroon won three Stanley Cups in a fucking I row I as a role player, <laughs> not a fucking star on the first or second ro- line. The guy fucking knew how to do it. He, I will take that. Yeah. He, he chunked it out. He did what he had to do. <laughs> he fucking coached the young kids. He did... Everything that the 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 championship team needed from him, <laughs> champ 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 team needed from him. Um, but yeah, there's no way that I would start a new restaurant in Des Moines or fucking I like anywhere without without a uh, veteran type Timmy on my star squad. Granted, uh, well, maybe yeah, yeah. because maybe, you don't have. You don't have the pedigree. I mean, I get that. No, I mean, <laughs> like I, for me, I would be like, I don't need him to open a restaurant. I would just open a restaurant. Right. My, uh-huh. in, in my perspective. In my perspective, I would You'd say, like, hey, who, know, who knows how the fuck this works? I don't know how the reservation can do it either. But yeah. like, you know, back, like, back to aces and places. Hook. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Anyway, the right people it, in the right place at the right time. Well, exactly. fucking shout outs there, Ryan. What you got? Yeah. Let's roll. Shout outs. Well, I definitely want to shout out to my wife, Andrea. My love. She's the best. Shout out to my two sons, Ronan and Eamon. Yeah, those are the most important people in my life. So it's probably going to be a while until Eamon listens to this, but. Um, I'm, and that's going to be amazing because this, like, this lives in perpetuity. Fantastic time capsule. Yes. <laughs> it's going to be a little bit. It's going to be a little while because we are going to take a summer break. Yes, we are. Ooh. Yeah, I think uh, if you're listening, summer shit. If, um, 
we are actually going to take July off. We have a lot of stuff going on. We're going to be camping. We're going to be going to Florida. Living our and, best lives. Yeah, we're going to be we're going to be doing stuff. I feel very honored the fact that I'm like in your last episode You're the season of season, finale, right? season, season, finale. Finale. season one or right. season two. What is this? Yeah. Maybe is, we should have you back for the opening of the next season because I feel like there's so many. Is movies. there a cliffhanger? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I have. So like we, we I could, mean, I have know, more stories. So if you want to talk about that we if could, you if you listen, so much to yeah, if you listen to our next episode and season three, uh, you'll find out who. Hey, hey. Tina Paul.